Welcome to church. It's great to be in church. What some wind we have this morning. Oh my goodness. Uh, how many came from Lancaster Baptist? We know some folks who've been in there. Yes, uh, the Solis. It's, it's, it's like the desert again with the wind that they have there. My wife complained every day that we went to church there about the wind, not church. Um, but um, we're in our series on a real church and uh, I'm so glad we have a real church that we get to be a part of. And uh, last week we talked about a real faith, our faith in uh, God, our faith that uh, uh, comes from loving our Lord. But uh, we're going to be talking about everybody needs a purpose. I mean, you have a purpose in everything you do. Uh, in marriage, a husband has a purpose to love and abide his wife, to care for, to, to cherish. Uh, uh, as a father, I have a purpose is to raise children uh, for the Lord, raise them in safety, raise them in security, um, teach them about the, the, uh, the Lord and, and uh, help them to you know, uh, share the gospel with them so that they get saved and they can be used of the Lord. But I have a purpose. When I was in the military, we had a purpose. Uh, we uh, it kind of started with our, our um, my oath of office was uh, to uh, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I will tr bear true faith and allegiance to the same. It was a purpose that followed our fly, fight, and win to um, support our country and our president. So everybody has a purpose. It might be in business, uh, whatever. Even our church. Our church has a purpose. Um, in fact, it's on the website. When you go on the website... It's a, it's a threefold purpose, and I'll actually give you those threefold things right now. Um, it's to love God. It's to love God. It's to, uh, to uh, grow together, and it's to serve others. To love God, growing together, and serving others. It's a purpose that we as Christians have. It's a purpose our church has, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to uh, talk about those things that... that God wants us to understand a real purpose in our lives. If you open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts, the book of Acts, as our text verse today, and then chapter 2, very familiar verses here, um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll start in verse 41 through 47, Acts 2, 41 through 47, and they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking up bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, as such should be saved. Um, so we, uh, our text verse uh, brings into uh, this, uh, this adding to the church, people getting uh, saved, and baptized and adding into the church. What a, what a wonderful uh, day that was when they talked about that. And then they, it says, it, and they finish off with, and, and they continue. And then the Lord added to the church daily. So daily, people were seeing what was happening. And people were getting added to the church daily. So a real purpose. Uh, 
people view uh, some people view church in different ways. The purpose of the church. Some I, I know people that have come to church because they say it's a great business opportunity. That's, that's kind of sad. I, personally, I don't like doing business with anybody in my church because of my church family. I don't want to do business with them. But but some people will say that. Um, some people just come because they maybe they just need friendship. They don't realize they need the Lord, but they, they just need friendship. Um, the purpose is a great, the church is a great place to get some great uh, food sometimes. You know, that's, uh, we have folks that come into our church just because there's, uh, there's, there's a food bank. But the purpose of the church is to actually love God, loving God. God, um, in fact, let's, let's go to the verse real quick. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some, some things. In, both in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it reflects itself where we know the purpose of, of uh, loving God. Uh, in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and, they sh- and, they, and thou shalt set, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Go again to Mark 12, 30, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all the mind, add that, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So both in the Old Testament and New Testament, it's talking about loving God. Now, many non-believers, many people that don't know the Lord, don't, aren't, aren't saved, would say, that's pretty arrogant of a God to, to say that you're supposed to love him and to praise him. Well, arrogance is a part of pride, and pride is a sin, and God is not sinful. But he's worthy. All right? He created us for his pleasure. He created us for fellowship. Um, Adam was for fellowship with him. He gave Adam Eve because he also realized that human nature, we need fellowship among each other, and so he gave him a helpmeet, uh, but it was for God's pleasure. It was to, to, to love God, not out of fear, out of love. Um, now God, uh, so we see this, so, so when does that loving God happen? It, it begins at salvation. Uh, it commences at salvation. When we uh, finally come to a point where we realize that we're lost without a heavenly father, that we have, there's a son who died on the cross for us, who rose again for our salvation. When we accept that, when we accept that blood, we, our love for the Lord starts when we can truly love him. Uh, it's hard to truly love him when we don't know him, when, we, when he's not part of our life. It's uh, it's easy. It's easier for me. There's there's many ladies here who love my wife, and they just say, "Man, I like Miss Cheryl, and she's a she's a neat lady to know." But I love her because she's my wife. And and uh, so 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 if you don't know God, you can't truly love Him. He loves you. Praise the Lord, He loves you. He wants you as His in His uh, in His family as as His child, but. But we can't truly love him until we're saved. And, and back in our text, verse in 41, and th- then they that gladly received his words, people that heard the salvation message. Uh, salvation provides a tremendous security that can only be found uh, with the Lord, not with other relationships. In John 1, uh, 11 through 12, he came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even, even to them that believe on his name. Um, and in John, also in John 10, 27, 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So uh, 
some people don't like to be called sheep, but we are. We're, he's our shepherd. We, we, are this, we hear his voice. We follow him. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Uh, Jonathan Edwards once said, True love begins with God and loves him for his own sake. Self-love begins with self and loves God in the interests of self. So our true love begins with love for him and for his own sake. Uh, so it commences at salvation. So when, we, when we get saved, our love for God starts. But it continues through identification. Continues through identification. Membership. Um, we identify um, with the church. How do we do that? We get saved. We get saved and we get baptized. We get baptized into the church. One of the first things we, we uh, do require for membership. It's because you're, it's saying you're in agreement. You're in agreement with, and, and you're, you're showing what God has done in your life. Well, when God's done such a wonderful thing in your life, why wouldn't you want to let people know? Why wouldn't you want to identify that? A secret, a secret salvation might not be a salvation at all. I'm not saying it can't be, but usually there's evidence on the outside. So, so it commences, it continues with identification. Uh, back in our text verse, in verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. He said, I want to identify, I want, to know, I want people to know that Christ has come into my life, that I have accepted that salvation uh, that Christ so freely gave to me. It commences at, uh, with baptism, and that's uh, a membership of a, of a body here. Uh, I'm not wearing my ring right now. I've got to get it resized because I have a fat knuckle. Um, so, but um, but a, a husband and wife identify each other with a, with a ring. When you take the ring off, you you're still married, but you're not. It's not necessarily readily identifiable. We as uh, when I was in the military, I, I identified by the uniform and by the, the way I carried myself, the way I looked. I d identified with that with that service by the uniform that I wore. Baptism not only identifies us with Christ, but it also identifies us with our local church, with, with our gathering here. These folks were baptized. They were identified with the doctrine of the apostles, and they, uh, and they freely showed that, and they wanted to show that with the fellowship in Jerusalem there. So it commences with the salvation, and it's a... Uh, continues with that identification but it's cultivated through this worship through worship two ways to worship uh, personally and privately and corporately we're doing corporate worship right now we're hearing the preaching of the, uh, the gospel um, when we sit and, and the pastor uh, brings the message the Lord put on his heart we're hearing Corporately, the word of God and worshiping God. We worship God in tithes and offerings. We worship God in, um, uh, in our praise to him, in our singing. We worship God privately through our prayer, meditation, uh, in Bible reading, and listening to God. That communication that has to happen, a two-way communication, listening and speaking. Uh, not many of us have good listening ears. You ever notice that? My, my dad taught me when I was, uh, and, I, and I have, uh, and Cheryl helps me with this sometimes, many times. But when in the military, uh, my dad taught me to 
when you're when somebody comes to, to see you when, when you're let's say you're in an environment like this with all people um, don't look past people's shoulders you ever done this do you know what, what is that what does that mean somebody's talking to you and, it, and we all fall prey to this when when you look past people's shoulders it means you're looking for the next conversation and you're missing the one you're having right now uh, especially in the, in the environment I was in as an officer or as a commander or whatever when you have the, the, an airman come to speak to you that airman is just as important as the general that's going to walk in too and he has a reason he's talking to you and maybe maybe he needs something or maybe just needs to just needs to talk to you for a minute but I my dad fell prey to this I fall prey to this where you're looking over someone's shoulder to who's the next guy coming in the room who's the next ranking person coming in the room it's so easy to do and we ought to not do that here in the church of God in and uh, among ourselves and when when we're greeting people and when we're seeing people be in the moment with the person that you're talking to and some I, I know some of us here are really good at that they just they give you undivided attention when they talk to you uh, and uh, and it's it's a it's a precious thing conversation with people is precious and so this this when we when we uh, gather together when we cultivate our worship here together um, uh, you know understanding that this conversation that we when we're talking to God the same thing happens but when when you're praying with the Lord do you do you get sidetracked I do so easily it can you know something comes into your mind that takes you off of what you're you're finishing all of a sudden I've I've finished praying and I haven't really closed prayer even I didn't even say goodbye <laughs> you know uh, so so when we worship with the Lord um, we need to worship personally we need to worship privately but we need to worship corporately but that personal private worship is what builds this up when we have people that have that have met with the Lord I was studying this morning and then I, I said oh I should read not part of the study but I should read this morning I could, I could always do it later but wow it's Sunday morning I'm I'm studying but I haven't really given the time to read and spend with the Lord for a few minutes um, just a little bit of my time and it wasn't, wasn't that much but but I needed to do that and so it helped get me in the right mindset of here why should I ask the Lord to be part of this when I don't let him be a part of the things that that, that I'm doing right um, yeah so so it, it begins through through our worship with him there's a great story. Let's open to Luke. Luke 10, 39. Luke 10, 39. You probably all know this story of what we're talking about. And you've heard it before. It's a great picture of the two types of people um, that we can be. And I think the, that we all, a lot of us identify with the first one, actually. Um, Okay, Luke 10, 39 through 42. Well, I'll read the first line, uh, first line before that from 38. Martha received him into her house. Martha was a wonderful person. She was a wonderful hostess. And she, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and, all, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about uh, much serving, 
and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we have this picture of two people, sisters. Uh, Lazarus is their brother. I'm assuming he was in there in this uh, uh, when the Lord was teaching. And she's so busy, she's, she's serving the Lord. She, she, in, in her mind, she's serving the Lord. She's given her best. She's given her all. That's what she felt was what the Lord needed. She need, he needs to see a good hostess. He needs to see that. So he can focus on his preaching. She's not hearing any of it. But so he can focus on his preaching. Um, and there's, there's nobility in that. There is a lot of nobility in that. Um, it, hap- it happens here. We can get so busy with stuff that we, that we miss out on what the Lord had for us. And I, I've had it happen to myself. I, I, I get nervous when I start seeing a lot of movement or something, you know, because as an usher, you wanna, want things to be orderly and, 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 and you know, just so, so the pastor can focus on that. But I'm, when I'm worried about that, I'm not focusing on preaching either. Right? And so, uh, so Martha was kind of in that mode. She was so busy with doing everything, cumbered about, he said. But Mary focused on Jesus, on the worshiping. And in her listening, in her hearing, she was worshiping him. Martha was worshiping him through through serving, but it was was actually a little bit of vanity in that. Um, Martha was a good woman who was busy for the Lord, but she got an agitated spirit because of it. And that can happen to any of us. We can get an agitated spirit, and, and, and we can... We can run ourselves ragged. And I hope we all catch that before that happens. That could, that causes a, a catastrophe where we, we say, oh, I can't be a part of that anymore. I just, I, I've heard people's excuses why they don't go to church. Oh, I was just so busy. I bet you weren't. But, but people say, they just, they have so many things that you have to do. Well, not really, but you, you probably just put it on yourself, maybe. Um, but, we need to keep the mindful thing is, the, is that we're here to worship God. He gave us this building. He gave us these seats. He gave us a pastor. He gave us these things so that we could worship him corporately together and grow together. And that's what Mary figured out. Martha didn't. And I hope at that point she realized, wow, things will take care of themselves. Let's listen to what the Lord has. Our love for, the, for Christ grows when we take time to worship him by reading his word, by spending focused time with him, by praying. This, this personal worship becomes a mooring of our love and it keeps us both real and growing. You know, I think I missed a page. So, so we worship him through our our corporate worship, we worship him through our uh, private worship, we worship him through our uh, obedience to him. That's a sign of worship to the Lord. We're obedient to him. We assemble together. You know, it's an interesting thing when, uh, when we get baptized and become identify with the church and, you know, they say it takes about 90 gallons. I don't know how many gallons are held in there. 
of water. 900, huh? See, all you need is actually a little, something you can get somebody under. So it's actually about 90 gallons of water is what, you, what, what should be able to get somebody baptized, the average sized person. But it takes nine drops of water to keep people out of church. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of funny that, that church can be so easily missed when, when we aren't focused on why we're there, what the real reason we're there, we're there to worship God. So, that first purpose is, to, is loving God. Secondly, growing together. Growing together. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, from verse 42, and fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. I love the breaking of bread part. Uh, we, uh, we do that well. And now we have a great building that we get to do that in. And uh, we did that the other night. It was awesome. Just to, just to be there and breaking bread together and fellowshipping. But the doctrine, um, the doctrinal t- teaching, that is what, uh, you know, doctrine is a set of beliefs. So everybody has doctrine in their lives, if, whether they want to believe it or not. You have doctrine in your life, you have a set of beliefs. A sound doctrine is a set of right beliefs, a set of uh, uh, solid right beliefs. That's sound doctrine, and I believe it, we have sound doctrine here. These folks were growing in, in sound doctrine uh, as they, they listened to the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, in 2 Timothy 4, 2-3, through 3, preaching, uh, preach the Word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Um, it, it gives a warning that there's going to be those who are going to fall away from sound doctrine. It's right there in front of you. The word of God with sound doctrine in, and you, you're going to... Uh, I don't, that, that's not for me. I'm going, to, I'm going to choose something else. You're going to choose some other doctrine. Uh, Colossians 2, 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, uh, as ye have been taught, abounding therewith with thanksgiving. Um, 2 Timothy 2, 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're, we're this, this understanding the word of God uh, personally, we need to understand it personally, we need to get trained in it through our pastor and through our teachers, we need to grow in it. I love that, that illustration here, rightly d- dividing. Uh, I talked about this with my class a while back, that uh, it's using the picture of the apprentice, uh, not the show, the show, but an apprentice. Um, so, some a master technician teaches an apprentice something. There's going to be a time when that apprentice needs to apply what he's learned. And what a shame it would be for that master technician if that that apprentice can't rightly apply what he supposedly learned. That's the same with us. We need to rightly apply the Bible, apply the scripture that we both read and that is preached to us in our lives, just as apprentices, so that we can too become masters of understanding, masters of the task, masters of, of, of a skill set. Would never master it. That's that's further proof that this Bible is a living Bible. That you can never master it. 
it always grows and always uh, always illuminates something new to you. Even if you've read a passage a hundred times, there'll be something illuminated to you if you ask. But 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 that apprentice, I love that 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 apprentice brings honor to that to that master technician, that workman that that says he's learned. He's he's now he can be now he can set off on his own, right? He doesn't need doesn't need the apprenticeship anymore. So th- through doctrinal teaching, uh, uh, getting training in in the gospel, in understanding both personally and corporately, and then through devoted fellowship, this fellowship with each other, we are a church family. When we when we join, when we when we as Christians, we are a church family. And church family can get on each other's nerves, can't they? Family can get on each other's nerves. We're hardest on our family. I think we talked about this before. We're hardest on our family members. And we can be hard on each other. Uh, we don't have any kids in here. So I, I, I encourage you, when you talk about your church family in front of your, your kids, talk sweetly. Talk sweetly. It's so easy to let the pressures of, uh, of like we talked about, of, of being busy, of doing things, big days, whatever we got, it's so easy to, to, to bite, and, and our kids ought not hear that. And here's a reason why. Our kids are going to emulate what we do. Praise the Lord, they get saved. But they're going to emulate how we worship. And they're going to emulate how we interact with each other. They're going to emulate uh, how we walk through these doors, how we walk out of these doors. They're going to emulate whether or not this is going to be something they're going to do later on on their own. And so when they hear about the people of God, the people that we go and worship with, the people that we sit with, the people that we talk with, the fellowship with, that we grow with, they ought to hear sweet things from our lips. So I encourage you in that is, um, is don't let... Don't let things get in the way of the, the sweetly abiding w- with each other and sharing that with your kids. This devoted fellowship that we have. So, loving God, growing together, and serving others. Serving others. The Christians should, should be one of the most generous people on earth. Right? Because we've been given everything. It's all wrapped up in a Savior who died on the cross for us and rose again. We've been given everything. Pastor and I were just talking about um, just some awesome facts. Then they're, they're facts. I can't prove them. I can just say that I've lived by them and I've seen it in people's lives about being obedient to God uh, with your finances, being obedient and putting him first. What God does in your life. The world can't understand it. They never will. But once you get saved and you get right with the Lord and you understand that he is the, uh, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the cattle and, and has them available for us that, that there's just a math that doesn't work. That's a little aside there, but it, it's part there somewhere. Um, but Serving each other. We should, ought to be the most generous people in the world when it comes. When, when it, uh, it, it ought not to be 
when people think of Christians, oh boy, they're so selfish. They don't, they don't do anything for anybody. Oh, I, I, I hope that's never the case. But they had a model here that, that God's not requiring us to have this model, but it is one that he shows uh, back in our text verse in 44 through 47. Acts 44 through 47 on verse uh, chapter 2. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions, goods, and parted them all to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all men. And, and the Lord added to the church daily as such to be saved. So they had a picture here of they actually gave away all they had. They sold almost everything and gave it away to people as they needed. Now, this, this type of giving is not, uh, uh, is not a requirement. But could it be somewhere in your life? Pastors preached on uh, and stories of men who, who the Lord has blessed greatly, and they live on less than 10% of what they make because the Lord just blessed them so much. And it's great to hear those wonderful stories. I, I wouldn't mind the Lord blessing uh, and, and having that, I'll be honest with you. But uh, scripture, but as every man had received the gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We're being stewards of God's grace towards us. So we as Christians ought to be the most giving. Now, how can you give in the church? Well, obviously you can give through your tithes and offering, but you can also give in your service. Um, there's a place for us all in the church uh, to be a part. So discover your place in ministry. Discover your place in ministry. There's a place everywhere in this church for everybody. Um, just as with the body, we've had that. Uh, you probably heard the description of, of the hand is an important part of the body, but it can't do what the foot does. And the nose can't do what the eye does. Now, you lose an appendage or you lose one of those that some, something might take over. Your sense of smell might take over if, you're, if you, you lose your eyes. But still, you don't get sight back. And so when we, just as a church, when we have uh, people that are a part of, the, of this uh, collective community, uh, a part of these, the saved uh, set aside, when we lose them, we lose a, an appendage. We lose something. Now ask yourself, if I were not to be here next Sunday, would I be lost now if if you're I hope that um, when you come in here you might look for a place where you can serve where you can be a part of what can I otherwise you might just have your foot halfway out the door waiting for a reason to leave I you're here this morning I hope that's not the case you're here to you're here to grow here to hear from me I am so sorely uh, disappointed I'm sure but, but the whole point is we have folks that do come through the door and that's just all it is. And we need to encourage them to become a part of this family. Become, uh, have a reason more than, more than just worshiping God, but serving others. Being a part of this service. Um, so find your place in ministry. We, there is room for everybody um, in the church to have something to do. Uh, and we have a list of ministries uh, with, uh, with, from classes, or it might be as simple as uh, be, uh, be an usher or be a greeter or be, uh, 
take some attendance, do, do whatever it is. We have folks that come in on uh, after hours and they help with uh, uh, some putting together uh, gospel tracts, bags, and different things. Just, uh, just finding a place to make uh, this, what's the old adage, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So this becomes a treasure to them. This becomes uh, where your heart is. I hope that's the case. So discover your place in ministry here and develop a passion for the lost. When you got saved, I hope you felt you wanted to tell somebody. And when you get baptized, you do that. You tell, you tell others, I got saved, I accepted the, uh, Christ, the salvation of the Lord, and I want to identify as a Christian, as a, as a saved believer. Um, but, uh, but I hope you wanted to share it with others, with your family. Maybe with those who remember what you were like before you got saved. Uh, in John 1, uh, 40 through 42, one, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We found the, the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. When Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So, um, so Andrew wanted to share the gospel, wanted to, wanted to share what he had found. And I hope we've done that with our family. We might need to do it with friends or, or coworkers, people in our lives. You know, when we, I do warn you of one thing, though. If you're out in the world and you're working, and you're going you're to share the, the, the love of God with others, and you're going to share um, his message of salvation in your life, it's going to cause you to keep a testimony. You're going to have to. Otherwise, you do God no favors. If we're going to live like the world, you know, I, I, I've heard it. I've, I've heard it. You know, people cuss like the world, and then they go, oh, I know Jesus. You know, no, I don't think you do. You know, maybe not know of him. But you can know. You can change your life. So, it, you know, I, I dare you. I like Pastor loves dares. I, I dare you. Just share the gospel. And they make that cause you to change your testimony if, if it hasn't been right. That's what Andrew, he wanted to share it with his brother. And we need to, uh, so we need to, we need to serve others. We need to serve others here. We also need to serve others in our community. We need to serve others here. Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Uh, he's, God never asks you to do something he's not going to be a part of with you. So share, share. And we have ways to do that in our community. We do that on Saturday mornings. We, we have people that do it during the week. Um, but uh, it's not something that's, that's, you know, even if you just want to come just pass out flyers and put them on door, don't want to talk, that's fine. But just come. Be with people who are sharing the gospel. Be, be with the folks who are sharing their faith. It'll change your life. Uh, it took me a few years before I did that, and it, it, it made a difference. So we not only need to preach the gospel, we need to uh, grow together here. We need to uh, preach outside our doors, but we need to reach the world. And we do. We have a wonderful missions program. I love our missions program. Um, it's a program that, that sends like-minded 
members throughout the world and we get to support and be a part of it. And some of us will never step foot on, the, on a foreign soil or, or in another uh, city in, in, in this country uh, to, to preach the gospel. Some of us won't. Some of us might be called, but some of us won't. Most of us won't. But we have a way to be a part of that with that missions program where we, where we help uh, enable uh, uh, missionaries uh, through God's love and through God's resources uh, to share the gospel throughout the world. So we get to be a part of it. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, from Mark 16, 15, and Philippians 4, 15. Now ye Philippians also know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Paul was commending the Philippians for, uh, for the support that they gave for him. Nobody else did, but they did. They were very generous. Uh, so we get to be a part of that generosity of, of helping, uh, growing others, of, of encouraging others here in our church, outside these doors and throughout the world. We can uh, share that gospel that God uh, so freely gave to us that we accepted. So a purpose, a purpose. Again, our church has this purpose, loving God, growing together, and serving others. So I hope that you uh, take stock of that and look at the purpose in your life when it comes to uh, uh, what you do, how you love God, how you serve him. So, and uh, we are dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We ask that you just uh, uh, be with us this morning. Be with the pastor as he brings the message in the next hour. I thank you for this class. I thank you for our church members. I thank you for the folks who are going to walk through the door for the first time. And Lord, I pray that we as a church will be loving and kind and, uh, and receiving. We love you. We thank you. And, uh, in your name we pray.